Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever this podcast, we welcome you to another episode of the Genius Cast. You know who I am. I'm the genius getting you set for your drafts upcoming. That's right. We are in August. Draft season is upon us. The 2020 football season is just around the corner. At least we all hope that they get the season started on time, which it looks like they are. Um, I think they're going to get the year. Um, I'm, I'm still sticking with it. I think the, the year is going to play this year. Um, are, are we going to have a little kind of a hiccup in the year? We don't know that, but I believe we're going to start on time, and I think we are going to be ready and prepared for our drafts, um, maybe more, more so than maybe some of your league mates that maybe thought there wasn't going to be a season. We're making sure you are ready for your drafts as you prepare for your drafts. Now, as I talked about when we talked about quarterbacks and running backs, I'll, 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 I'll throw it down again. I think you need to make sure you are doing your drafts a little later than normal this year. Maybe you, maybe you normally do your drafts in the middle of August. Maybe you do the early part of August. I definitely think that we want to look at the later part of August, maybe even early September, that weekend just before the season starts, that Labor Day weekend. That's where I'm looking at making all my drafts happen because I think we want to have as much information, as much news as possible as we get closer and closer to the season. So I think I, my, prefer, my preferred way of doing my drafts is making sure we have as much information. So I'm pushing those back as far as possible. And I'm going to make, make sure a lot of my drafts are going to be a right around that Labor Day weekend, that first weekend of September. We talked about quarterbacks. We've talked about running backs in past podcasts. Today we're talking about the wide receiver position. What's going to happen? Who's the cream of the crop? Is there anybody that can maybe push um, for that number one role that maybe we're not looking at? And what about some value receivers that if, if you're looking at going with the robust running back option this year and using for, uh, maybe three of your first four picks at running back? Who can we target in those middle rounds? I'll give you that and much more on today's podcast. But before we dive into today's podcast, Make sure you give us a follow over on Instagram or Twitter if you have not done so already. Would it, uh, de- definitely appreciate it. On Instagram, we are at fantasyfootball underscore genius underscore. And on Twitter, we are at fansportsgenius. And our website is always www.fantasyfootballgenius.com, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. We're getting you set for those drafts. So if you have not purchased our draft kit and you still want to get into that draft kit to make sure you're prepared for your drafts, we have that still available on the website. Uh, $19.95 will give you all the information I have for redraft and dynasty leagues. Plenty of information, plenty of nuggets to help you dominate your leagues on draft night. We also have our Mastermind Chat weekly, monthly, full season packages available. I think this year might be even a bigger year to have that in your back pocket where you have someone in your back pocket that knows fantasy like you do just to shoot information off of to kind of make sure you're on the right path. That's what we created our Mastermind Chat for. Um, 20, within 24 hours, you'll get all your answers, your questions answered, and most likely will happen within like an hour or two of getting those questions asked. And on game day, I'm making sure I'm available right up to game times, so that way you can have some, any last-second questions you have available. I'll try to get as many as possible um, as well right up to game time, which last year we uh, we did pretty good. I think the people that did do our, 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 draft, our mastermind last year, I think, enjoyed it, and I think it helped them in their leagues. So hopefully you can do that as well. Hopefully we can help you guys win your leagues on draft night. Let's jump right into the podcast. Today we're going to talk about the wide receiver position as I talked about. So I'll give you my view on who the the number one overall wide receiver is. Who do I think is going to be um, and end the season? So who do I have as my number one option heading into the year? We'll take a look at that next level of receivers. Who do I think might be able to kind of push the Devonta Adams and the Michael Thomases for that number one option there in uh, overall wide receiver one? 
We'll also talk about the rookies for the 2020 season. What kind of impact will they have on a crazy year that we have in 2020? We'll also talk about how stacked this wide receiver position is. So I'll give you some values. I'll give you some late drafts, uh, draft ideas that I, that I like for some late round sleepers. And we'll also talk about who might be the 2020 version of what Chris Godwin did in 2019. That's when Godwin finally had that breakout year after kind of starting out his, his career um, looking like he was going to be the real deal. He improved a year from year one to year two and then obviously blew up in year three in 2019. Who's going to be that version in 2020? I'll give you a handful of options that I have and who I overall think will be that version in, uh, in the upcoming season. And as we did with the quarterbacks and running backs, I'll also give you some best and worst values in terms of my rankings and uh, compared to the consensus. So I'll give you a couple of each. And I'll close that out talking about who I think is the wide receiver MVP and who do I think might be a dark horse to maybe lead the league in receiving yards or touchdowns or uh, receptions, whatever it might be. I'll give you some dark horse sleepers that I think might be um, in for a big year that maybe some people are overlooking at taking uh, later in drafts. Uh, let's talk. Let's let's very before we begin about the wide receiver one. Let's go ahead and um, get rid of the elephant in the room. What's going to happen with Antonio Brown? We're hearing rumors about possibly. Um, first, it was Antonio Brown wanted to play. Then he's retiring. Now he might want to play. Now he's just suspended for the first eight games. If anybody wants to pick him up. Do I think he has a chance of making it back in the league? I definitely think there is a there is a path for him getting back in the league. You can't question the talent that he brings on the football field. Yes, you can question that off-field uh, issues that he, that he brings as well. But I think there's a couple teams in this league that might be able to kind of um, take him in, in, into their locker room with the leaders that they have in their locker room. A, a team like Seattle with Russell Wilson, with Pete Carroll, with the receivers that they have there in Tyler Lockett and the young DK Metcalf. I think those kind of players can kind of help um, bring in a player like Antonio Brown and kind of keep him under, under control. Um, much like what uh, I think Mike Tomlin did for, for Pittsburgh during those years, we didn't hear a whole lot of those off-field issues because of how, we, how good he was on the field. And I think a lot of that had to do with the leadership. You had Ben, ben, you had ben Roethlisberger, you had Le'Veon Bell, you had Mike Tomlin, you had, you had leaders in that locker room that was able to kind of keep him under wraps. And I think that's the same thing can happen with Seattle. I think Seattle has the leaders in that locker room to kind of help um, with maybe those off-field issues that maybe Antonio Brown brings to the table. I think another team that might be able to, to kind of withstand um, bringing him in, in, into their offense. And you have to also look at maybe uh, with his cousin there, uh, Marquise um, Mark, uh, Hollywood Brown um, in Baltimore, I think with Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, and, and, and with the, uh, the coaching staff that they have in Baltimore, with that defense they have in Baltimore, I think that's a locker room that can also um, stand a uh, Antonio Brown possibly coming in with that off-field issues if, if, if that still is an issue with the, the very talented wide receiver. We, can, we cannot discount what he brings on the football field. On the football field, he is one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in football um, when, when, he, when he steps on the football field. It's all about the off-field issues and can I keep those under control when he brings comes in that locker room. I think those are two teams I'm likely looking at. And I think Baltimore has a legit shot of maybe signing him um, before it's all said and done. I think they do need wide receiver help. I think they do have the locker room to, to, to hold him, to keep him. Fed. And then we also have the, the connection between the cousins there. So I definitely think there is a chance that maybe we do see Mr. Antonio Brown in a Baltimore Ravens uniform before the season starts um, or maybe even once the season starts. So now let's go jump right into talking about the wide receiver one. Who do I think is going to end the year as the number one overall fantasy wide receiver, maybe even uh, just the number one wide receiver in football this year? Last year, I was all aboard the Devontae Adams bus. Um, I, I, I thought he had all the, the, the linings up to be the number one overall wide receiver. Unfortunately, injury did occur, and he did not hit that goal that I thought he had in the, in the season. 
If I liked him as much as I did last year, I have to like him just as much this year. And I do have Adams as my number one overall wide receiver over Michael Thomas. But I think the the difference between the two is very slim. I think um, you obviously can't go wrong with either option. But I think there's going to be more targets headed the way to Adams. And that's, of course, if both players stay healthy for the entire 16 games. I think with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints helps the Saints tremendously. I think I think bringing in a player like Emmanuel Sanders is going to help in years past. That number two option opposite of Michael Thomas has been um, kind of iffy um, most weeks. Now you bring in a legit contender to be a, uh, a a very good wide receiver opposite of Michael Thomas. We know the the uh, the, the data that brings w- w- with with Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders has the recipe of of, of success in this league. He's been a number one option in in, in, his, in his career. Now. Now he's going to be coming in and helping Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. And then you also have to uh, worry about maybe a healthy Alvin Kamara. All these things make the Saints a better football team, obviously, on the field. But I think it also we have to kind of look at it as maybe a little bit of a downgrade to Michael Thomas with all of those things happening if they do happen. If, if Emmanuel Sanders is still that player that we expect him to be heading into New Orleans, if Alvin Kamara is a healthy running back um, this year, unlike last year, I think we do see a little bit of a downfall from Michael Thomas. Maybe that takes him from those video-type game numbers down to an to the, the normal elite status, which is pretty remar- remarkable season he had last year. But I think overall, I have Adams as my number one overall option over Michael Thomas. But again, it's very slim, and I don't hate the idea of going either one of those options as your number one option. There's not going to be a downfall either way. If both players stay healthy, they're going to be elite talents and going to help teams hopefully make it to the championship game if that's who you draft in your leagues. I think both players are also going to be uh, uh, first-round draft picks. So depending on what your strategy is, do you want to go zero running back or do you want to go with the running back in the first round? It's all up to you. If you are going zero running back, I definitely think Adams or Michael Thomas are the way to go if you can t- try to target them. And I'm guessing uh, you're going to have to kind of get in the middle of the round to, to, to get an Adams or to get a Michael Thomas. I don't see either one of those falling to the second round. Maybe Adams might fall to the second round if people are kind of off him and they do go running back heavy in the first round. And a lot of people have Michael Thomas as their overall number one uh, wide receiver. So I can maybe see Adams falling to the second round. If that's the case, if you can get a legit uh, uh, elite running back late in the first round and then follow that up with an Adams in the second round, I think that's a fantastic start to your drafts. So if we're talking about the wide receiver ones um, between Adams and Thomas, who do we think that might be able to kind of uh, make a push for a possibility of being the overall number one option in fantasy this year. Um, players like Chris Godwin, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins has been that in the past. We know what he brings to the football field. Tyreek Hill with one of the better offenses in football that we've seen in a long time. Anytime you have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball, you have to kind of consider him um, one of the elite top of the talents. And we also have Julio Jones, a, a player that year in and year out, he is one of, if not the best wide receiver in football. Um, he's been, been doing it for many years. And no, no reason to think that he's slowing down anytime soon. Yes, he might have a little competition this year. And we'll get to it, get to that in a little bit later. But I think we have to kind of put Julio Jones obviously up there as well. So starting off with Chris Godwin, if if we look at him, there's an improvement each of his first three seasons in the league. Last year was his breakout year with 120 plus targets, 86 receptions, and over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. I think he can improve on that this year, especially with Tom Brady throwing the ball over Jameis Winston. We know Brady's going to want to get as many of the uh, offensive stars on this team the ball early and often as and, and, and often as he can, and he's going to be able to use these kind of talents to his best ability, to their best ability, and we know Chris Godwin is one of the better players on the Tampa Bay offense. Um, Can he repeat what he did in in 2019? Absolutely. I think, as I talked about, with a better quarterback play, with a smarter quarterback getting the ball um, in in plus situations, I think we 
can see a better year out of Godwin's breakout year last year. And maybe that's just by him getting double-digit targets. Maybe he stays around the same as receptions and maybe stays around with the yards. But if he can improve on those touchdowns and maybe get in the double digits of touchdowns, that's improving what he did last year. I think Chris Godwin is, is only um, – touching on what he can do on the football field. He's a tremendous talent, and I think Tom Brady's going to make him become even a bigger play, bigger talent, and bigger weapon for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some people may think Rob Gronkowski coming into that offense might take away from both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. My opinion is, I think Godwin's going to be fine. I think what he does do is he maybe takes away from Mike Evans a little bit, and we know once once they get into the, to the uh, red zone, we're going to see more of Rob Gronkowski. So that's, I think that takes away more of Mike Evans than it does Chris Godwin. So I think it's more on the negative of Evans than it is Godwin with Rob Bob Gankowski. Next up, DeAndre Hopkins moving from Houston to Arizona. My opinion is I think he's going to drop in production a little bit, but that has nothing to do with his talent. We obviously know he is one of the best, if not a top three wide receiver in football. What he did in Houston was remarkable. Um, double, triple team, it didn't matter how many players you put on him. He, he went up and made big play after big play for that offense, even if he was the only player on that offense at times. Um, now he goes to a team that I think has a lot more weapons in Arizona with a Larry Fitzgerald, with a Christian Kirk, with a Kenyon Drake. I think Chase, Chase Edmonds is going to have a big impact. And I think with a younger quarterback – like Kyler Murray. Hopkins is going to only make him a, even a better quarterback um, in year two. But I think the production for Hopkins is going to be down a little bit, so I can't put him up at the, the, the elite of the elites as a possible wide receiver one. I just think he's going to dip a little bit. Five straight seasons with 150-plus targets. I don't think he sees 150 targets in this offense. Back-to-back years of 100-plus receptions might be close. I don't see that as well. I think there's just too many mouths to feed in this offense. Five of seven years topping 1,100 yards. I can definitely see that happening, but two of those which being 1,500 yards. I don't know if he can get to 1,500 yards in this offense and double-digit touchdowns in the three of the last five years. I think it'd be close. I think that is one thing that I think he, we can see maybe an improvement on in, um, in this offense is more touchdowns because I think they're, they're going to want to uh, put the ball in the air more, uh, more and more, but that's also going to be with the um, uh, maybe turnovers, maybe that kind of stuff. We're, we're going to see a lot of touchdowns from this offense, and I can definitely see Hopkins kind of improving on the touchdown rates, but I don't see uh, receptions and yardage going up much. Um, going over to the Arizona Cardinals just because of the talent that they have on that offense. But I do definitely think this is going to be a an improvement for Kyler Murray, who was who was very good last year as a rookie. I think he's going to improve this year um, in year two of his career, and I think DeAndre Hopkins is only going to make him a better player on the field. As for Deshaun Watson, who uh, Hopkins is leaving, I definitely think Watson Watson's is still going to be one of the better uh, quarterbacks in football. Brandon Cooks, uh, Will Fuller, if they can stay healthy, we're going to see the same type of Deshaun Watson on the field if he can still uh, get the ball to uh, talented receivers. And we know that Fuller and we know that Hopkins, and we know that Fuller and we know that Cooks are both talented players. They just need to stay on the field and stay healthy. Next up, Tyreek Hill. Um, we know what the Chiefs are on offense. We know they're going to put up plenty of points. We know they're going to put up plenty of yards. To say that Tyreek Hill can be the wide receiver one is an, is an understatement. I think he can even blow out, blow the, the roof off the top of the, of the wide receiver one with his upside. Last year, missing four games. We didn't maybe have that monster year that he had in 2018. That year, he had over 15, nearly 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. I think this year, he can be much more closer to that 2018 version than he was in the 2019 version. Remember, this is the same thing that a lot of people thought maybe he would be missing last year with the off-field issues that he had um, in, during the, the off-season last year. So there was a kind of question mark on if he was going to be in on the field. Then he got hurt early in the season. So I think that affected him on the field um, with his true upside. But again, 
we're talking about players that are in the offense. We know the offense is loaded. Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman. I think Hardman's going to have a bigger year this year for that offense. But the offense is loaded. That, I don't think that affects Ty- Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's upside because we know he can take uh, three of four passes to the house for a touchdown, and of those four catches, he can have 170 yards. His upside is through the roof no matter how many t- times he touches the ball. So I think the uh, the ceiling is through the roof for what, what Tyreek Hill's upside is on this offense for the Chiefs. Julio Jones, we know what he is on the football field. We, we know what he can do. Six straight seasons, 1,300 yards or more. One of those years being 1,394, so you can really say pretty much 1,400 yards or more through those six straight years. 2015 by, was by far his best season with 200 targets, nearly 1,900 yards, and only eight touchdowns. If, if if we can get more touchdowns out of this guy, imagine what his, uh, his, 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 his production would be. He's putting up his number with limited amount of touchdowns. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why his touchdowns aren't there, um, especially with the number of targets, with number of receptions, the amount of yards he gets. You would think those touchdowns would be through the roof. That's one thing he does kind of need to kind of improve on. And if he can't improve on that, uh, watch out. He could blow it. Just like Tyreek Hill, he can blow the rest of the wide receiver position out of the water if he can get those touchdowns to kind of uh, reach his targets reception and yardage. The one negative thing for Calvin Ridley, and if you want to call it a negative thing, maybe it's not negative for the Falcons, is the improvement and maybe the breakout year of Calvin Ridley. Ridley comes in in year three, which is usually the year that a lot of these wide receivers kind of uh, take off and have that breakout year. Um, he's, he hasn't topped the 900-yard mark in his first two years, but year three, as I talked about, is the year that we usually see breakouts from these wide receivers. I think Calvin Ridley is on the verge of stardom in this league, and I think there could be a very similar thing. When Julio came into the year, came into the league, we saw what Roddy White did with him as a mentor in, in the offense. I can see the same thing happening with Julio Jones for Calvin Ridley and I think we can start to see that this year as Calvin Ridley starts to get closer and closer to that number one role in the Atlanta offense but I still think in 2020 it's Julio's offense. I think Julio is going to be the same Julio we see year in and year out so there's absolutely no denying that he can possibly be a wide receiver one. So of those four I think the only player that I really don't consider um, being possibly a overall wide receiver one is DeAndre Hopkins it's not that it's taken away from his talent I talked about. It's much more about the more weapons and more targets um, that he may not be able to see in Arizona that you saw in Houston because of the talent that is uh, in Arizona compared to Houston. Next up, if, if we talk about those four possibly making, making a jump up to the wide receiver one, what about the next level wide receiver that might be able to make a push for that top five status? Uh, players like DJ Moore, Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, and Allen Robinson kind of come to my mind. DJ Moore, I think he's in for a breakout year. We saw last year he kind of kind of broke out a little bit more, and I think that was just the tip of the iceberg. Kenny Galladay, I think Galladay is in for a monster year in the Detroit offense. If Matthew Stafford can stay healthy for 16 games, I think Galladay can have a, a, a big season for this Detroit Lions offense and we know that they're going to have to score points to stay in games because their defense is not very good um, Allen Robinson doesn't matter who his quarterback is we've seen him play with uh, obviously Mitchell Trubisky we've seen him play in Jacksonville with, with, with a lack of a quarterback there so it doesn't matter who the quarterback is throwing the ball whether it be Nick Fold, whether it be Mitchell Trubisky we know he can get the job done no matter who the quarterback is just imagine what he would do if he was able to have a decent quarterback getting the ball on a weekly basis I definitely can see Allen Robinson pushing up top Top three, maybe even top, I mean, top five for sure, maybe even top three type of numbers if the get he gets quarterback play up to his par. Um, Amari Cooper, I think Amari Cooper, I'm a little down, more down on him than most people are. Um, 
yes, the Cowboys have one of the better offenses in football, but they are absolutely stacked on offense. They have tons of talent. Starts with Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott has uh, Mari Cooper. He has Michael Gallup. And then, then they bring in CeeDee Lamb. I think we're also going to see a big game out of, a big year out of Blake Jarwin. So I can see someone like Amari Cooper kind of um, having a big game here and there, but not having the type of impact that maybe you would want for a player that you're taking at a top eight, top ten of his position. If it's me, I'd likely uh, drop down and take Michael Gallup between the two. I think both are going to be very close in production this year. And we saw in the second half what Gallup can, can do on this offense. He's a very good uh, receiver. And if he's maybe playing for another team, because we don't know if they're going to be able to keep Cooper, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, maybe he's playing for another team. Um, I, I, I see a big year out of Gallup this year, and I think him and Cooper are going to be very close in production. I'd rather use ADP of Gallup than I would Mari Cooper. But that's not saying Cooper's not a very good t- player. I think Cooper is a, a, a is a fantastic option, but it's just amount of amount, amount of mouths to feed <clears throat> for the Cowboys offense. Uh, talking about the Chris Godwin last year breakout year, um, a fantastic year for the Buccaneers. Who is this year's version for me? I've talked about quite a few of these players. Talked about DJ Moore. Talked about Calvin Ridley. We can also throw AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin in that as well. I think all of those players have the potential to have a breakout monster year for their respective teams. If it's me, I'm giving it to Ridley. I think Ridley is in um, on the verge of stardom, as I talked about. I think he is on the verge of becoming a superstar in this league. And when you're learning behind and next to Julio Jones, it only helps you. Um, I think Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown are on the verge of that. I think they may, maybe they still need another year, in this, and, and, and we're still looking at usually year three is that year that we see those true breakout years. And so with, with A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin heading into year two, maybe it's next year that they truly break out. So I give the edge to Calvin Ridley, and I think behind Ridley, um, if I'm putting him in order, I think it's Ridley, then Moore, then Brown, then McLaurin. But I think all four of them have the ability to have a monster year and break out for their respective teams. Next up, if we're looking at maybe the later rounds, maybe we're looking at the the seventh round picks. Maybe you're looking at players that uh, wide receivers that you might be able to get in the seventh round. That's when we're looking at the Gallups. We're looking at Jarvis Landry's, Will Fuller's, uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd's a player that, that you definitely want to keep an eye on. With the new quarterback, with the rookie Joe Burrow there in Cincinnati, I think Burrow's going to make that offense much more improved this year. The uh, return of health from A.J. Green's going to be a big positive for Tyler Boyd. And if the boy does play in the slot a little more. Look what uh, Joe Burrow did last year for his receivers in the slot. I think it was Justin Jefferson that played in the slot for him last year. Um, Tyler Boyd's going to be in for a big year if he does play in the slot like some people think he might be able to do. And if that's the case, I want to have plenty of shares of Tyler Boyd. And he's going early, uh, late late seventh, early eighth. I think that's fantastic value. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel's kind of dropping, uh, wondering about what his health is going to be this year after suffering an injury in the offseason. You might be able to get Debo Samuel a little later than usual. I love him from Dynasty League. I don't know how much I'm going to have him in redraft just because I don't know how how serious that injury is if he's going to be healthy with the lack of kind of news coming out and and, and again I, I put a thing on on Instagram the other day talking about be careful with the news you receive when you hear coach talk or when you hear news coming out we have to make sure that information is clear and is is, is uh, it's legit information because that kind of talk without the lack of, with the lack of, of uh, practice time with zero preseason games um, the information that we receive might be kind of dangerous information as we head into our drafts we definitely want to make sure it's 
legit information that we're hearing. So I don't know if we're going to be able to hear much information on what kind of injury, how bad that injury is to Devo Samuel until the year starts. So I'd be de- very careful on Samuel. I definitely think he's still one of the better options, one of the better values in Dynasty Leagues. But for redraft leagues, I'm going to be I'm going to play a little more caution with Devo Samuel. But he has potential to absolutely thrive for you if, you, if you're able to pull the trigger on him and take him late in drafts. And all of a sudden, he is the player that most thought he was going to be before the injury. You're going to get him later in drafts where he, he would have normally gone if he was completely healthy in the year. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, I think going back to the New Orleans, if you're telling me I can get the wide receiver two in a New Orleans offense uh, passing game, sign me up, and especially with someone like Emmanuel Sanders' talent. A late eighth round, early ninth round pick is phenomenal value for a player like that that is in a high-powered offense in New Orleans with Drew Brees getting the ball. Marvin Jones, uh, same thing with Kenny Galladay. When, when we talk about, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, same thing with um, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, you have two players that can be very close in production. The same thing year in and year out, it sounds like, is, 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 is a lot has to do with um, um, Marvin Jones and Kevin Ken, Kenny Galladay, both are very close in their production that they put on the football field, but you're getting Jones later in drafts compared to, to um, uh, Kenny Galladay. Yes, Galladay is one of my favorite targets in early in drafts, but I don't think um, we can go wrong taking Marvin Jones as well later in drafts for his value as a late eighth-round pick is phenomenal. Uh, if we drop a little bit later, that, that's when we're looking at the rookies. We're looking at CeeDee Lambs. We're looking at Henry Ruggs. We're looking at Jerry Judy's. I think there's going to be struggles. What? And we'll get a, a little, little more on them as we get uh, down to the 2020 rookie class. But we may see a little slow start for these rookies. But I think they're obviously going to be talented players. Um, I, I have Ruggs a little lower on my rankings just because I, I'm not sold on the, the Las Vegas Raiders offense this year. Uh, we have players like Darius Slayton uh, talking about the Texans and the Giants. We don't know who their number one option at, at, at the wide receiver position is going to be, which makes both uh, all their players kind of great values because if one of those players does turn out to be the – whoever it is turns out to be the wide receiver one on that offense, you're getting great value from where you've been able to draft them. So I think Slayton, um, Golden Tate – Sterling Shepard for the Giants are all uh, nice values for where they're being drafted at. Same thing with Will Fuller and um, Brandon Cooks on the Houston Texans. Where you're drafting these players, you're getting tremendous value, especially with the possibility of any of those players being the wide receiver one in a very pass-happy offense in both Houston and uh, the Giants. And I think both those teams are going to be one of the better offenses in the league. Uh, A lot of people are down on Deshaun Watson. I don't understand why. Um, Just because he uh, he, he lost Hopkins, but he still has Cooks. He, they brought in Cooks. He still has Fuller. Yes, they both have injury histories. They bring in David Johnson. They have Duke Johnson, who I think is going to be a, a better player this year. Um, as for the Giants, we know what the Giants have on offense. If, if they can stay healthy, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate. Uh, it's a stacked offense for uh, Daniel Jones. So I definitely think that if you can figure out who the wide receiver one on both those teams are, you're getting tremendous value. And even if you take a shot and it's the wide receiver two on both those teams, I still think there's uh, – uh, space for value in those values. If we're looking at later in the draft, maybe you're looking at towards the end of your drafts in like uh, 15th, 16th, 17th round, players like Michael Pittman Jr., Alan Lazard, Nikhil Harry, um, Alshon Jeffrey, if, um, sounds like he's going to start the year out at, at, on PUP, but if he is able to play and be the player that we saw, this is the same kind of player that was like a top 17, type 19 player. I'm not a Alshon Jeffrey fan this year. I don't, I'm not going to have very many shares of him, but if you're talking about taking a flyer on him late in your draft, maybe as one of your last few picks, I'm absolutely aboard that. Um, the, you can do better. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, Jeffrey is, a lot, is better than a lot of these other players that are going uh, um, around that time. Um, I 
I'd likely take Jeffrey over a Larry Fitzgerald. I'd likely take him over a Hunter Renfro just because of the upside. I'd likely take him over a Brashard Perryman. Those are the kind of players that you're looking at taking Jeffrey over. Um, later in drafts, you have Curtis Samuel. You have the uh, Robbie Anderson, who's going to be the number two option there in Carolina. I, I might have been a little early on Curtis Samuel last year. I thought he was going to have that breakout year. Maybe I was a little early. I think this year is going to be a year that we might be able to see Curtis Samuel be that player that I thought he was going to be last year. Those are just a few little different options. They're talking about the middle of the draft, talking about the end of your draft. Now we move over to the uh, 2020 rookie class, which I think at, and by the end of the day might be able to, to say this is one of the better rookie classes for wide receivers. You have Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. You have CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys. Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. Henry Ruggs of the Raiders. Jalen Rager of the Eagles. Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. The list goes on and on. This year, I think we're going to see a, a kind of a, uh, a slow start for these rookies, no matter if it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, no matter what the position is, I think we're going to see a slow start because we don't have those preseason games. We have lack of practice time during the, regular, during the uh, training camp um, with, with, with what's going on in the world right now. So we're going to see rookies kind of struggle early, and I definitely can see um, – kind of people kind of giving up on those players maybe they're dropping them early and if that's the case definitely keep your eye on the on the waiver wire for players getting dropped early because they don't uh, like the production they're seeing early as as for dynasty leagues i definitely think judy and lamb are far and away the best of this class um i have rugs as one of the bottom of this class i i like jefferson i like rager i like Ayuk. i like uh quite a few options in this class over rugs just because i'm not sold on the raiders offense but i think judy and lamb are by far the top of this class. I think both players are going to be in uh, dynamic players throughout their, throughout their career. Jerry Judy is phenomenal. The cuts he makes on the football field. Some of the videos, if you've not seen him, uh, tremendous videos on, on, on the cuts he makes uh, would make you think he'd blow out his knee with some of these cuts. We know what kind of player CeeDee Lamb was in college, and they're both going to be, in my opinion, in very good offenses. The Broncos, obviously, um, maybe not as sold as, as the Cowboys, because the Cowboys know what they have in Dak Prescott, and the uh, Drew Locke is a little uncertain on what's going to happen for his future, but I think Locke is a very good quarterback, and I think he's going to be a, a star in this league. And I think what they've done on offense for the Broncos is going to make them one of the better offenses moving forward. And we know the Cowboys, what they have on offense, are going to be one of the better offenses. So I think Judy and Lamb, not only are they fantastic talents, they're in tremendous spots with their respective teams. I can see them having monster careers. Um, obviously, we're looking at the future. We don't know it for sure, but I can definitely see Judy and Lamb having great years um, for their respective teams. Justin Jefferson, I think Jefferson is a player that I think we can rely on this year. I think the Vikings are, are going to rely on him a little more than maybe Judy will. The Broncos will on Judy. Maybe the Cowboys would with Lamb. I think they're going to rely on Jefferson to kind of have an impact to kind of take over that uh, Stephon Diggs-type role for the Vikings offense. Jalen Rager, we know the, the, the Eagles do need wide receiver help there in Philadelphia, but we know that they use the tight end position quite a bit. We know Miles Sanders is a great pass catcher out of the backfield, so I don't know if we're gonna, they're going to have to kind of rely on Rager early. Uh, Deshaun Jacks come back from health from injury is, is also going to help that wide receiver core as well. And if they can get Alshon Jeffrey healthy and get him on the football field, maybe they're not going to have to use Rager down the road. But I, but I think down the road, Rager is going to be a tremendous talent in this league. Brandon Ayuk, we're hearing about the 49ers. Um, he was their number one option there in the draft. Anytime you hear Kyle Shannon or any of the Shanahan's talk about um, the offensive talent, you have to listen. Um, if the 49 can use Ayuk in his in, in, in his uh, correct 
spots and kind of giving the, giving the ball uh, in creative different ways, uh, which I know they can, AU can have an, uh, an immediate impact for this 49ers offense. And we know the 49ers can do some special things and put their players in different situations. They run the ball with receivers. They, they do a lot of running option kind of a, uh, um, reverses, that kind of stuff, and I think AUK is, fits that mold. They're a very speedy offense, and I think AUK just uh, reaches into that as well uh, with what he brings to the table for the 49ers. And finally, we'll talk about some of the uh, fades and values. A couple of values that I have, uh, maybe more than what other people have, is I have DJ Moore ranked as a number six wide receiver overall, where the overall consensus is around 13. And Tyler Boyd, I talked about that. I think he's more of a top 30. I have him right around 29 for my rankings, where he's, uh, the consensus is around 35. As for fades, we also talked about DeAndre Hopkins. I have him as a wide receiver 10, where the consensus has him around uh, wide receiver 5. Mike Evans, wide receiver 14, compared to where everybody else has him wide receiver 8. And Cooper Cup, if we go back to the Rams, we have Robert Robert Woods and we have Cooper Cup. I'm going to have more shares of Woods. I like what he brings to the table a little more than Cup does. I have him as a wide receiver 25, where the overall is around uh, wide receiver 15. We talked about the Giants and Texans. If you can find who that number one option there in those offense uh, passing games, I think you're going to have tremendous value, but I think for my opinion, my, my way of thinking, I think it's Sterling Shepard over Darius Slayton over Golden Tate for the Giants. I have uh, Will Fuller slightly ahead of Brandon Cooks over Randall Cobb followed by Kenny Stills. So even if you don't get any Fuller or Cooks uh, shares, definitely look at Cobb even Stills because we know in years past Fuller and Cooks have had an issue staying healthy. So um, if, if Cobb still can play, which it looks like he can from his years last year in Dallas, he can definitely be a productive player for the Houston Texans. And just because there's no more DeAndre Hopkins, that doesn't mean that this offense is not going to be good. I think the Texans are still going to be a very good offense. Um, and if Fuller and Cooks can stay healthy, if you can pick which one of those two is going to be the wide receiver one, and maybe it's more of a 1A and 1B, I think they're both tremendous values from where they're being drafted in drafts. That'll do it for today's podcast. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. Hopefully this helps you get ready for your drafts. If you're not done so already, please give us a follow on Instagram. We are at fantasyfootball underscore genius underscore. And on Twitter, we are at fansportsgenius. And our website is always www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. If you've not purchased our 2020 draft kit, still available. Redrafts or dynasty leagues, whatever league you are getting ready for, our draft kit will get you ready. Ranking, sleepers, deep sleepers, bust, that and much more in our draft kit that we continue to update on a weekly basis. Be part of the community that is already to dominate those drafts on draft night. We also have our packages for our mastermind chat. They're available in our weekly, monthly, full season packages. One-on-one access with yours truly via text message. If you have a question, ask it. I'll get back to you within 24 hours. Most likely it will be within an hour or two. And I'll be available right up to game time to help you make those last-second decisions. And we know that 2020 is going to be full of last-second decisions. So mastermind chat can be a way to help you stay on top of things and dominate your leagues. Have a great day. Be safe, and we will talk to you down the road. Enjoy your week.